Hello and welcome to episode seven of Luther's Catechism Podcast, brought to you by The Way Church. I'm Pastor Matt Rothy. Luther's Catechism Podcast takes you, the listener, through Luther's small catechism in order to educate, encourage, and equip you in your Christian faith and for all your callings in life. Well, welcome to this episode, listener. I want to begin with a question. How are you feeling as you listen to this episode? Are you tired? The truth is that our bodies get worn out from long days at school, at a busy day of work, or maybe a day full of fun activities and play. But did you know our souls can get worn out too? Our souls get worn down, burdened by doubts, by guilt, and fear. Just like our bodies that need rest, so also our souls. We long for peace and rest. And God gives us spiritual rest. Spiritual rest is not like physical rest, like you going to bed and getting a good night's sleep. Spiritual rest is not like mental rest, like you getting a chance to have some quiet time for reflection. Spiritual rest is not like emotional rest that comes from getting a hug or comfort from one you love. No, spiritual rest doesn't come from sleep or quiet. In fact, it's unlike every other kind of rest. It doesn't come from anything we do. Spiritual rest is a gift that comes from God, and you get it by hearing God's word. You get it by hearing God's promises, all of the precious promises that God has given to us. We rest spiritually when we hear God take our troubles, our carries, our worries, and our sins away, take them out of our hand and and receive from him all of his precious promises that We have nothing to fear as long as God is with us. In this episode, we study a very precious command, a precious command and promise. We continue our study of the Ten Commandments here with the Third Commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we do not despise preaching and His Word, but regard it as holy and gladly hear and learn it. We're talking about a commandment that uses a word that maybe we're not familiar with, Sabbath. Sabbath is a Hebrew word for rest. When God invites us to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, what God wants is for us to enjoy true spiritual rest that he offers for our weary souls. He gives this rest to us when we worship him, and especially when he assures us that all our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. If you're following along in your own Luther's Catechism book, we are beginning on page 59 with questions 44 through 50. If you do not have a copy of this edition, you can purchase yours at the following web address, online.nph.net. We begin with question 44. As we talk about the Sabbath day, we're reminded that to the Hebrews, the Sabbath day is a really big deal. The Sabbath day began at sundown on Friday and ended at sundown on Saturday. God emphasized the importance of the day by forbidding that people do any work during that time. Now, question 44 is how were the people of the Old Testament blessed as they observed the Sabbath day? We read this passage from Exodus 20 where God gives the command to observe the Sabbath. 
Six days and you shall labor and do all your work. The seventh day is a Sabbath to your Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. How does the observance of the Sabbath day affect the people in the Old Testament? Well, for an entire day, they were not to do any work. Ezekiel 20 tells us more about how this day affected God's people in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 20 says, Also, I gave them my Sabbath as a sign between us, so they would know that I, the Lord, made them holy. Here we note that God gave them a sign, a signal, a reminder of what he has done for them. He made us holy. It was a day to rest and reflect on that truth. Psalm 122 tells us another way God's people in the Old Testament observed the Sabbath. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. What we note is that God commanded the people of Israel to rest from their weekly work and worship him. They were to rest on the seventh day, the Sabbath. The Sabbath as a day of rest reminded them that God worked six days to create the world and then he too rested on the seventh day or the Sabbath. The rest that God commanded for his people in the Old Testament made them different from other nations and also reminded them that they were a special people that he had set apart from all other nations to fulfill his promise of a savior. Lastly, the Sabbath reminded them of the great spiritual rest the Savior would bring, rest for their souls, the forgiveness of sins. Now, all of this about the Old Testament Sabbath day brings to mind a a pressing, relevant question for us. Question 45. Why aren't we required to observe the Sabbath day in the same way the Old Testament people were? We read Colossians 2 and permit a longer section of God's word. Colossians 2, selected verses. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in in Christ. Here in God's word. So here's what we note. God gave very specific laws for his Sabbath in the Old Testament. And yet Jesus fulfilled all of those Sabbath laws. Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. The Old Testament day of rest was a shadow of the perfect rest for our souls that would be given to us through the Savior. Therefore, as Christ is the fulfillment of the Sabbath, the shadow of those things were to come. The reality is in him. We are no longer under the same requirements, the same laws to observe the Sabbath day. In the same way that God's people were told to observe it, those laws don't apply to us. But here's what does. The benefit of the Sabbath is still meant for us. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 29 tells us, 
Jesus himself speaks, saying, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. While we weren't and aren't required to follow the same Sabbath laws as the Old Testament people were, the blessings of the third commandment and the purpose of the third commandment and our need to obey the third commandment still applies, for God gives us rest. So, What does the third commandment then mean for us in the New Testament? Question 46. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. John 8, verse 47. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. What does the third commandment mean for us in the New Testament? Well, God's word brings rest to our troubled hearts and lives through its comforting message of forgiveness. In the third commandment, God is warning us from despising his word, but rather he is encouraging us to consider it sacred and hear it and study it gladly. This is the truth that Colossians 3.16 brings out. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. This is the purpose of the third commandment and the Sabbath for us today. How does God's word here serve as a mirror showing us how we sin and despise his word and and break the third commandment? Well, God's word shows us that we break the third commandment in really two ways. First, that we don't hear his word. Hebrews 10 tells us, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Sadly, Many people today, just as in the days of the writer to the Hebrews, have given up meeting together regularly in order to encourage one another with God's word. Luke 8 verse 14, Jesus tells a parable about why so many people have given up the habit of the Sabbath day. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Sadly, so many people get infatuated and distracted by life's worries that they don't make time to hear God's word. 1 John 2 tells us, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. It may not be worries that distract us. It may just be the good things that God blesses us with in this world. But we love those more than the Father, more than spending time in his rest. That is how God's word is a mirror and shows us we break the third commandment. It's by not hearing his word. Now, we can despise God's word in many ways. As we mentioned, the first is that we don't hear his word. We don't act as though it's important to us. This can happen as we stay away from worship services or fail to study God's word on our own because we consider other concerns or pleasures more important. But here's the second way that we can break this commandment. 
We also can despise God's word when we do hear it, when we do go to worship, when we do spend time in Bible study, but we refuse to take God's word to heart. We refuse to pay attention to God's word. James chapter one, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So many of us have probably experienced what James chapter 1 is saying to us. Or maybe we walk in a room with the purpose to pick up something, but we forget why we came into the room. We look at our phone and we forget why we went on our phones. Here, God's word is is warning us that it is a sin against the third commandment to hear God's word, but to just forget all about it. We fail in, in so many ways at keeping this commandment. But how did Jesus keep this commandment perfectly for us? This is question number 48. Luke chapter 4. Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. Here in Luke chapter 4, what we have is God's word proclaiming to us a truth about Jesus' active obedience for us. That Jesus, though he was true God, also obeyed the third commandment in taking time to observe the Sabbath day, to go to church. And this wasn't just something he did uh, whenever he had time. No, this was his custom, God's word tells us. Matthew 4 verses 1 to 10 tells us about the biblical account of the time that Jesus was tempted by the devil. And what we note is he always used God's word to resist temptation. We read Jesus' reply, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is also written, Do not put your Lord, the Lord your God, to the test. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What was the tool, the sword that the Lord himself used to fight against the devil? It was the very word of God that he has given you. Passages of scripture that you and I too can take personally to heart. This is how greatly God valued his word. He heard it regularly. He used it. He not only listened to it, he, he did what it said. And so the question is, how, how did Jesus keep this commandment perfectly for us? Oh, he did it and showed us how to do it. But in him keeping it for us, he won that forgiveness for us. We recognize that Jesus kept the third commandment perfectly and thereby has forgiven our sins. And so we want to honor him in keeping his word. How does God's word guide us to keep the third commandment? Psalm 122 verse 1. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. How do we keep the third commandment? We simply rejoice with people who invite us, who encourage us to go and worship God. Joshua 1 verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. How does God's word guide us to keep the third commandment? It's not just about going to church on Sundays, but it's us taking time daily to meditate on God's word day and night so that we can not just hear it, but we can do what it says. 
John 20 verse 31, a fitting end to the gospels says this, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. Why do we have God's word? It's so that we can believe in Jesus. That is the joy of keeping the third commandment is being strengthened in our belief or our faith. Acts 17.11 Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. How do we keep the third commandment? We examine it. We listen to it, yes, and we, and we hear pastors, teachers, and friends share God's word to us. And then, just like these Berean Jews who heard Pastor Paul speak God's word to them, they still went to Scripture every day to see if what was being told to them was true. That's how much they valued God's word. That is how we keep the third commandment. But there's here a final way that we can honor God and keep the third commandment, remembering the Sabbath day. Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's how we can proclaim the Sabbath rest that we have in Christ and keep the third commandment is telling others about the goodness that we have in it. First Peter 1 tells us a final way we can keep the third commandment. The word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. We keep the third commandment by desiring to know God's word more, by never being satisfied with what we have and what we know, but going again and again and returning to God's word, which here is described as pure spiritual milk so that we can grow up in our faith and in our salvation. Oh, this is why God's word is so beautifully and wonderfully important to us. But we finish with question 50, a summarization, answering the question, why is God's word especially important to us? Romans 10 tells us that faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. God's word is important because it strengthens our faith. Deuteronomy 32 verse 47, they are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them, you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. God gave his word to his Old Testament people, and he also gave the commandment to remember the Sabbath day. And while we don't observe the Sabbath day the same way as Christians here and now living in the New Testament, the commandment still applies, and God's word is still for you. These are not just idle words. They are your life. God's word is so important to us because it is the source of life. The Christian church provides regular opportunities for God's people to come together to worship God and hear his word. Shortly after the time of Jesus, Christians began to meet regularly on Sundays. Why? This was in memory of several important events that took place on Sundays. The first day of creation, Jesus, resurrection, and the sending of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost all took place on Sunday. Eventually, in much of the world, Sunday was set aside as a day of rest and worship. Yet today, many people are expected to work on Sundays and their opportunities for worship, therefore, become limited. In New Testament freedom, 
Many congregations today offer opportunities for people to worship together and hear God's word on other days of the week. Sunday is still the primary day of worship for the majority of Christians, but what matters most is not the specific day, but rather why we are gathering together. We are gathering together with fellow Christians to hear God's word, to benefit from the sacraments, and to encourage one another in our faith. That is why we keep the third commandment. That is why we continue to celebrate the gathering together of other Christians, getting together, not giving up meeting together. It's true. People can be very busy. We work or go to school, and the rest of our days are jam-packed with activities. We want to participate in all these things, all the opportunities that keep us busy, demonstrate the truth that God has richly blessed us. The truth is we probably have more opportunities to do more different things than previous generations ever imagined. Because we are so busy today, it is easy for us to neglect the most important activity of all, turning our attention to the word of God. Through his word and his word alone, the Holy Spirit nourishes our faith and keeps us alive spiritually. When we draw near to the end of our lives, we may find satisfaction looking back on all the things we have done and accomplished. But at that time, what will give us peace and hope and the promise that God has given, which we receive through his word? In order to stay alive spiritually, We need a steady diet of God's word. One of Jesus' followers understood this very clearly. What I want to encourage listeners to do is take time to read one of the very special gospel accounts we have that highlight the truth of the importance of keeping the third commandment. In Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, we read about two sisters, Mary and Martha, Mary wouldn't let herself be distracted by busyness and was commended by Jesus because she knew that one thing was truly needful, one thing was most important, and that was feasting on God's word. Mary wanted what was most important. But we also hear about her sister, Martha, who was distracted. And you know what? She was distracted by doing a good thing, by preparing a meal for Jesus, Think about that. What a beautiful thing to do for a God. And yet, Jesus said something was even more important than that. It was hearing his word. Think about that as you meditate on God's word. What distractions and temptations, even good things that God has given you in your life can keep you from coming to church and worshiping Jesus or from reading your Bible on your own. Think about those distractions and temptations and as you Read God's word and discuss it with those you're studying the catechism with. Suggest a way to follow Mary's example and to seek the one thing needful. We conclude this episode with a quote from Martin Luther. We come together to hear and use God's word and then to praise God, to sing and pray. Colossians 3 verse 16. However, this keeping of the Sabbath, I point out, is not restricted to a certain time as with the Jewish people of the Old Testament. It does not have to be just on this day or that, for in itself, no one day is better than another. Romans 14 verses 5 through 6. Instead, this should be done daily. 
However, since the masses of people cannot attend every day, there must be at least one day in the week set apart. This is the end of a quote by Martin Luther from his large catechism, encouraging people in his day in the 1500s to value opportunities to worship together. Christian friends, I pray that you gather the special opportunities that we have throughout our life to gather around God's word. Why? Well, it's because of the truth that God gives us in Matthew 11, verse 28, where Jesus himself promised what happens when we come to him. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Friends, may God bless your soul with that spiritual rest. I thank you for joining on what has been another episode of Luther's Catechism Podcast. I pray that you have found this episode educational, encouraging, and that it has equipped you in your Christian faith and for all your callings in life. The Lord bless you and keep you until we have an opportunity again to join together in the study of Christian doctrine here on Luther's Catechism Podcast. Thank you.